Come correct. Good morning, Vietnam. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's episode 10 of the Broken Ale Podcast. So sit back, relax, and unzip your pants. This one's going to be a fun one. Everybody, this is episode 10 of the podcast. This is Liam. With me today, we've got Mike Ferrucci. Say what's up, Mike. Hey, how you doing? All right, and we got CJ Sen. Say what's up, CJ. What's going on, guys? And then we got Stephen Cardello. Say what's up, Stephen. Good morrow, good morrow, good morrow. All right, so... (laughs) So we just got finished with the Wrath of Skull Ragnaroker 2 event at Soft Air, New Jersey, on the 9th. Uh, let's do a recap about that and talk about the series and what we think about it and if we're going to continue it or not. Steven, we'll start with you since you were the op for leadership for that event. From your point of view, how did you think it went overall? So... It was a little rocky at the beginning because I was not at the field early and never scouted the field, so it was kind of hard to get my bearings of where we're supposed to be or where would be good spots to set up. But I would say like an hour or so into the game, it's like, okay, I'm getting the feel of the game. Uh, I was a little nervous about leadership, but I think I got an idea on how to how, how you wanted the game run and where you wanted us to be and how we wanted us to... Uh, attack and pull back at certain times to help the flow of the game. And yeah, it was... I Overall, I felt it was pretty enjoyable. Um, the field itself, I really enjoyed the trench system. I got to crawl through that for a bit. Um, the scattered buildings made uh, pretty fun jump run to spots. Um, yeah, I enjoyed myself quite a bit and had fun being uh, the up four. Yeah, I thought... The field was great for, um, it really did create a lot of good scenarios and battles and things like we had. Uh, I would use that field for a different different type of game, though, I think, in the future. Mm. I don't know. Um, CJ, you led the larger force of the player base of the uh, Volkland Defense Force. Do you think your the player base really enjoyed the event overall yeah i believe uh actually the the larger element you know i really think those guys really grasped the concept of the game and uh really enjoyed uh every bit of it yeah you know it helped for you you had like strasburger who really i think got the 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 event's purpose I, you know what i mean like you know since he's gone to like he went to um, MacArthur, so he kind of got what we're trying to achieve, which I really helped. I think helped the the um, Luftbar and you know the Tan guys a lot. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Him uh, and the guys he brought, you know, they were they were a solid group of guys. You know, they were they yeah. listened for the most part. You know, and uh, it was it was easy to try to wrangle all those guys and keep them all together. Right. Now, this is actually one of my, my things about this is all, for the most part, I would say it was like 90%. The feedback was pretty good. 
we had a couple guys leave in the beginning because I just don't think they I don't think they got the event. I don't think they got past that this is not a pickup game. This is not like a, a this is not like the weekly walk on game at Soft Air. I just don't think people like some people didn't get that. And yeah. And my thing about this series is I don't if I don't think people will get it. I just really don't think they understand what this whole series is that it's this is an actual milsim event. Not every event that has rules is milsim. You know, and I'm looking at this from like all the work I put into the series from the backstory and all that and no one really cares or gives a shit. I'm like, yeah, these guys had fun, but you know what? What if I just made a green versus tan simple pickup game? They would have had I think they would have had the same amount of fun. I don't I don't think they appreciate the the backstory, I don't think they need it. I think they, they're fine with just going out, showing up, and playing. You know, play shoot the guys in tan if I'm wearing green. So, I don't... Yeah. Go ahead, CJ. No, I was going to say, I definitely agree with that. I think that's a, a community issue amongst airsofters in general. You know, they, they don't really care. They just want to go out and shoot things. Yeah, I mean, and that's fine. Um, but this event wasn't for you. This this was for yeah. um, people who wanted the immersion, the actual real immersion of feeling like you're part of like an army and there's a, a conflict that you're invested in knowing what's going to happen and you're part of what's going to push this story and history that we're, we're creating forward instead of just showing up and playing. And that's fine. Um, I just I just think like, all the effort that we put in, like I put in a lot of effort, like almost more than Vietnam for a once a year event, you know, and I, I, I tried to do these twice a year and the effort and all that, I just don't think it's worth it. It's just, it's hard. It's hard to sell people on like, like you need to wear a helmet. You need to wear a plate carrier. You need to use an AR. I'm getting all this pushback and it's just, I'm like, is it worth it? Is it worth the time? They're they're still not going to get it. They they just think we're being dicks with all of these uh, requirements, and it's not. It's like we're trying to portray that like a standing armed force, and I think that people just don't get that. I don't, they're not getting that. I yeah. think I think overall in the airsoft community that is just really hard to push, like. Huge companies like a Masato, a Lions Club, they're able to do it because they have the clout of the of their following and the people in the following that do it. Right, but you know, but, what the, you know what those look. Think uh, you say that and I agree with you, Stephen. But their standards, they don't have the same standards we have. They have show up with green, show up with ten, wear whatever you want, go out. Well, yeah, that's what I'm even saying. Like. So they have like the standard of that much, and even then, it's dulled down. I think the vast majority of the airsoft community, we enjoy a well-run game where we get missions, but we also want to just pull our trigger for the most part. We want to have those fun action sequence moments, action sequence moments like from Call of Duty where we could feel like the hero or where we're going to do like a little scouting and reconning. Right. And then the backstory and story, what's that? We got all that extra word in the book. <laughs> yeah. Well, that to everybody else, yes. 
I think that's one of the hard things like with these types of games. It's almost like the backstory is more for the people who are getting into the roles who help the game push forward, but the players are not going to be as gripped into the story itself. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, you know, there are a few guys who really do, like, like I thought Strasberger, like, I can tell he, like, cared. He, he read it. He made sure his crew of, like, I think he brought, like, six guys, and he made sure all those guys were exactly what the standards were, you know? And there are the few people that appreciate the backstory, and they want more than just showing up and fighting for this kill house for whatever, you know, this, this, this big house in the middle of the field. Why are we fighting for it? It's because it's not just because there's ten guys in there. It's because there's a reason why we need to take this house or take this building or take this ground or, you know, push the enemy out of this area. Like there's a reason, not just they're the bad guys. They're not wearing the same uniform as me. I I'm gonna go kill them. So, I mean, I thought about this and I I do love the series. We put so much work into it. Like everybody's like even like 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 Todd who didn't even make it like. This is his favorite series of the year, and I feel a bit like bad if we're gonna like just kill it because we're not really getting getting it the way we want it. I'm almost thinking I'd rather make it like a private event and just do invite only, and then we'll. I, I don't know. I'm thinking out loud here. Um, um, my thoughts is if we could possibly dumb it down a little bit for the average players. But for the immersion guys, they all know what's going on. I know. How do like, I, I thought? You know, I, it's, it's funny, Stephen. I, I thought of it too, and I was like, all right, let me like the 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 guys who don't care about wearing anything, they could be the op four. But I think there were too many people on the op for this event that didn't really know the the series either. You know, like I think there were a lot of new fangs out there that didn't really uh, get that they're op for, you know? So then I'm like, all right, there's no more op for. It's going to be a player base versus a player base. So. Well, we could always go back to that first style game where you had player base versus player base and then a rogue op for of a very small element. Yeah. That could turn battles. That's... Yeah, that's probably what we go to, but I don't think I would do it as Fangs. I would do it as some other, some I would make a whole new world for it or something. I don't know. I don't know, man. I got to think about it. Um, I just know you guys like you guys love doing this. Like, like I know Steven, Steven's really gung ho about it. He loves being a Fang, and I, I don't blame him. I love getting into a role. That's what I love. Like. I don't mind being an up four where my job is to get shot at all day long, just like die for everyone else's enjoyment. I yeah, I like getting into a role. Yeah, it's tough. We love you in a role, especially a Kaiser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to. We're gonna have to revamp this uh, whole series, or just shit can it and try something new. Um, or just stick with doing Vietnam as our big immersive event and doing less serious events like the Steel Cog or whatever else we come up with. I don't know. What do you think, Ferrucci? You've been quiet. Well, 
Uh, I personally enjoyed the Ragnarok series, um, especially the first one. Um, I know we mentioned earlier that, you know, the field that we were playing on uh, last weekend wasn't, you know, really up to snuff per se. Um, I think I think it's just many variables. Um, I know uh, first Ragnarok, you know, we were at Cookies and everybody had a blast. Um, everybody seemed to have been more immersed in. I think maybe it's just the uh, location, uh, more so. Really? Um, I know. Yeah. I mean, because how many people? Re- I mean, how many people really? I mean, outside of CJ, I mean, I never heard of Salt there. Um. I mean, I would. I, you know. Going into this, me not knowing the field, I thought it would affect the it would affect the gameplay. I don't think it affected the gameplay as bad as I expected or thought that of us not knowing the field as much. Right. I think I thought the field was awesome with all the trenches and the the buildings built. You know, it was built pretty yeah. built up. For that, that was great. It's just I felt like it was a little bit small for say Ragnarok because that I guess yes, you know, that that's what first, yeah. Is what, well, when I first went to the, the first Ragnarok back in March, was it March? Yeah, it was, yeah, I think it was March, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I know we've all been to Cookies before, but, I don't know, I think just the whole scenery for what it was, it was late winter, um, it's just a very expansive, and, you know, obviously you have the hills and everything, that to me, like, put me immersed myself being Ragnarok, because, you know, we we're, we're going against the, you know, the Out 4 slash Vikings. And, you know, I guess to me, that's what I envisioned, what Mike was, you know, on these, you know, large hills, you know, hiding in bushes. Um, so it was just a very different feel for me when we were trying to, you know, set up the buildings and trenches that we did and saw right. it there and everything. Um, not that it took me out of the immersion by any means, but I guess it just had a very different outlook. Yeah, no, and, I, can, I can see what you're saying. Um, I would use that field again, but like for just a straight up green versus tan taking ground you know, overrunning yeah, yeah. trenches or, and stuff like, like that. Like you mentioned before, if, if, if we ever got to World War One airsoft. Yeah, yeah. Let's do Samurais on Mars. <laughs> Sam, Samurai, the Shogun, Shogun Mars Wars. Yes, Shoguns on Mars. It'll take off, I'm telling you. <laughs> Everybody laughed at Scientology. Now look how big it is. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, I, I can't wait to see you run around with a little bandana, you know, with this katana, so. Don't mock me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I'll be right next to you with as well. I mean, I'll have my katana as well, just, you know, chopping up everything. And You're stuff. not allowed to have sharp objects. Why not? Are you kidding me? I'm trusted. We you... all know why. Oh, come on. <laughs> that's, I don't, that's yeah, we don't have nice, to. We, we don't have to recall uh, Doc Sien. Um, no, you know, all right. So my 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 real takeaway is I. Th- it seemed like everyone who who lasted the first twenty minutes of the event had fun. They all everyone stuck with their unit, and you know we did when we, you guys when the fangs were dug into that one uh, building. And it had that we had that long. It was like a two hour battle. It was it was like seriously like two hours of fighting. Um, the the fights were really good. They were really good. From like the story point, you know, from the standpoint of like st- pushing story and that kind of stuff, eh, you know, I, I, I just looked like I can, I'm thinking like we could have pulled the same event off without having to worry about story or all these standards. It just would have been green versus tan fighting, um, yeah, green versus tan fighting each other and not have to gone through all this nonsense and 
all the pushback from the players who wanted to go who didn't have a helmet or didn't want to wear a helmet. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like we could have made it easier on ourselves and just had a green versus 10. Yeah, I think you can easily take the play style and just cookie cutter to situations and we could still have a blast and a fun game. Yeah, I know. But you know, we as a brand like Broken Arrow, we really didn't want to do do that. Like we always wanted to be an immersive and different type of uh, producer, an event producer, you know. So I, I don't know. We, like I said, it's the end of the year, so we're gonna you know sit all winter thinking about this and revamp a few things for twenty twenty, anyways. So you know we got a lot to talk about. The good thing though is my dad. Who never really gets to go out? Did he was out there the entire time fighting? So he got some trigger time. Yeah, it was great seeing Fred fight off, you know, the op four and everything. It was awesome. Yeah. I got into a couple of firefights with him. He's pretty darn accurate, so it's a bit scary. Yo, it's so funny. He right. like he almost like plays like he's hunting. He just like leans up against a tree, like hiding, and then just like waits for someone to get close and sh- shoots him. He doesn't really even like run around anymore. He just like kind of posts up and <laughs> like he's hunting yeah, a deer. Yeah, that's how he got me. I was like, wait. Is that Fred? And then I just see a stream of babies coming in. I'm like, what the? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So, um, right now, so let's, like, like Brass Tacks, I would say Ragnarok series is probably going to be on hold indefinitely. We'll come up with something else. I mean, we have the Steel, we have the steel Cog series which is pretty successful, so we'll probably like do a lot more of that, and then we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, we'll we'll have to think about it. We'll, you know, there's a lot of people invested in it, like you know, Todd, Stephen, uh, CJ, Ferrucci, you know, my dad. We'll have to talk it over and think about what we're gonna do. So, all right, let's move on. Does anyone else have anything else to say about uh, the Ragnarokker series? No, I think we uh, we touched base on it pretty well. Yeah, we covered everything necessary. All right, so let's jump ahead and talk about the survey we put out for... Um, so we did... So it was in October, we put out like a bay... Vietnam event survey and the feedback was actually really positive um, a few guys had um, a few comments or their thoughts I'm not going to say their complaints but their there were thoughts and a lot of the stuff that they did point out we're actually already planning on addressing um, but let's you know I'm gonna I'm really gonna go through the responses and we'll t- we'll talk about them and um, well, you know, it, it might be uh, some cool stuff to talk about, and I think anybody who like filled out the the questionnaire may want to hear about the results. So, um, one of our first questions we asked is like, "What side have you portrayed at any Bay event? You know, select which apply." Overwhelmingly, um, it was uh, USGI 173rd Airborne. Like, you know, it was like 75 percent answered you know that's what they've done but the surprising stat that that um i saw was about 21 percent of the people answered they said they have not done an event yet 
Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. See, now, like, you know, you do all this an analysis on the stats and that kind of thing. I look at it as these people are still interested in coming to our event. If they're willing to fill out a questionnaire about things they haven't done yet, um, I think they, they're interested, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. So moving on, I, you know, we asked, did you attend Operation MacArthur? Most of the people, it was like 72% said yes. Um, did you attend Operation Junction City? It was about 50-50, yes and no. So at least shows that we're somewhat growing if you know, you're going by the people who are willing to answer all these questions. Um, we asked if you're planning to attend Operation Cochise Green in 2020. Uh, only one person said no. Everyone else said either maybe or yes. Um, one of the, the things that uh, I was really interested in the, in the feedback from was, uh, do you like how we title the Vietnam events we hold in August? Meaning, you know, it, like uh, Stephen's group has um, Indian Country, and then there's like Liberty Canyon, like, like or Tigerland. There's always like that one name. So you go, oh yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to Indian country in 2020. I was there and I've gotten every Indian country, you know, just like a static name. Whereas our naming convention has always been the operation that we're portraying. Overwhelmingly, people like the way we name the event. They like the name, you know, where we're naming it for the operation we're portraying. So that's not going to change. So every year will be a new name for our big August Vietnam event. Um... I don't know. What you, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you? I mean, CJ, you're you're in this. Do you like that we name it the the operation we're portraying, or would you rather us come up with like a name that we just use every year? I I personally like the uh, that we're that we're naming it the operation we're portraying. You know, it's a, it's just a it pays homage to you know the history of it and uh, the guys who fought. And I I don't know. I think that's it's a it's a solid move. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. I agree. Yeah, I have to agree with CJ, and, and we kind of. I mean, as we know, uh, we already have an event where we kind of make up our own name. You know, for a Vietnam event, we have the holiday in Cambodia. You know. Yeah, that's and, Bravo uh, Six, man. That's, so it's you know kind of. I feel like it defeat the purpose. Like like what CJ said. I mean, keep the you know authenticity to a very high standard. So. Um. Um, like I said, I'd be against uh, having a uh, made-up name for any future Broken Out Vietnam events. Okay, all right. Plus, so, it'll help. It'll help guys with research for their impressions. You know, when they they could sit yeah. there and be like, oh, okay, you know, we're doing, you know, uh, Operation MacArthur. So now, you know, they can look up. Yeah, I that makes that. sense. Kind of puts a time, you know, a time behind the the event. So like, you go, all right, it's Operation MacArthur. That's Late 1967 during Doctor. What did the? Yeah, I get it. I get it. That makes sense. Yep. So I have to say, I kind of like it too. Um, one, it helps separate the two, too, to where people don't get confused, like Indian Country and like Operation MacArthur. It's like, no, they're definitely two separate things. Two, you guys definitely go more for a focused like reactivant too so having the operations name helps people know where they're going to be and what the setting is I actually looked up Operation MacArthur and I'm like what is Operation MacArthur because last year was Junction City what was Junction City and I found out I'm like oh wait these were historical operations whoa this is kind of cool 
Yeah, that's so good, me, man. I appreciated that too. All right, that's cool. That's good. Um, yeah, I I kind of like it too. Um, but like I'm looking, you know, I'm putting like I remember I have like an advertising background, so I'm always looking at like trying to brand things and market things. I always thought like having a static name would help with that. So it's always like every year you're just pumping out. All right, this is Indian country. Next year you're going to Indian country. Next year instead of us going, hey, you going to whatever event we're running next year? You know, like, I don't know. You know, do you know what I mean? Like it's hard to put a label on it. I mean, I guess like if we're due diligent in the in the sense that we already know what a what um, operation we're portraying before the the current event. So like Operation Cochise Green happening this year, we'll already know the next event for for 2021 let's say you know and so it's like hey you, you liked operation coaches green now you're going to operation blah 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 in 2020 also and then you know i guess i guess it doesn't matter all right moving on um so and then I, you know then we had another section we talked about uh people's experience at telecom uh for you know if i had a rating from uh one to five it was between four and five on what people thought of Tolcom, which I expected. I think a lot of people hate that one side, man. That, <laughs> you know, that, it's pretty fair. Um, it sucks. Uh, but it, I love it. I, I, I love it, man. But it sucks in the sense that, like, it beats... I like it when you're already down the hill. I don't like going back to base. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why, you know... If you remember, I tried to keep us going up and down as minimal as possible. So, like, when we were down there for, like, that, that the meet of that Saturday, we were down there for hours, you know? Um, going up and down, that sucks. Which is funny. The next question was, if you went to either of our Operation MacArthur or Operation Junction City, which side of Tolcom did you like better? Um, most people answered the western side, which is the side with the pond, the flatter side. Um, a few Lazy people, bastards. yeah, a few people. I know. A few people did say. A few people did say the uh, the eastern side, though. A few people did. Um, most people. Well, no, most people said the western side. About even to that said um, they don't prefer a side. So yeah, it was about forty percent said they like the western side, which is the you know the. Uh, the side with the pond on the other side of the road about 36 said they don't prefer a side 13 said that they like the eastern side so those are the maniacs those are the people we got to watch out for yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are probably those are probably all from my platoon last year <laughs> <laughs> the goat hillers yeah, yeah, yeah. like kish they all, they all said they hated me for it but then they all loved me for it afterwards so i'm okay with it <laughs> Munchauser syndrome, I think that's called, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then I felt very important question: How far of a ride for is Tolcom for you? So there was a three-way tie and a four-way tie. The um, the three-way tie was for people who had the drive over eight hours two to three hours, and three to four hours. So no one's really living that close. Um, so people are will, willing to drive. 
you know, the eight hour, the eight hours people, like there were, I know, I know of offhand how many, like, had, there has to be at least 10 people that went to the event that I know of last year that were driving over eight hours. I mean, you think about it, you have, yeah. you have Vince, um, you know, Walker and his boys, you know, um, it's, it's appreciated, you know, we appreciate people driving out that long, driving out that far for, uh, our event. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, then it was like a four way tie for like, you know, one to two hours, six to seven hours, four to five hours. So like, yeah, I mean, people no no one lives, lives within an hour of Tolcom is what I really got out of this. Not even the locals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, were there any other unique stats that stood out from the survey? Or? Um, I'm going down the list here, uh, Ferrucci. Um, we're on the next section, which is the immersion section. Okay. Um, we asked about Bay FEN Radio and, you know, if anyone knew about it, like, did, did you know we have our own Bay FEN Radio? Um, 90% said yes. Uh, you know, uh, it was only like 8% said no. Um, have you listened to Bay AFN Radio? Most people have. A few people didn't. Um, how far up to legit did you feel Docto Base Camp, you know, the fire base at Operation MacArthur was? From your experience or pictures, if you hadn't attended and you, saw, you know, just saw them on the web, um, pretty good feedback with that. Uh, if people were rating them, you know, five to the highest and one to the lowest, we had about 90% of the people who answered rating them, rating our base four and five. So that's Damn. pretty good. Ferrucci, I know you actually did this. Um, you did this survey. What did you answer? Uh, yeah, my friend, I forgot what I answered. Better have answered five. I know. I knew he was gonna. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when I was asking, as I was asking him that question, I was like, "This motherfucker forgot what he put on." <laughs> I, knew, I knew you did. Yeah, I know. I barely forget. I barely remember what I had for breakfast this morning. That's no, right. I didn't put a five because I really enjoyed, you know, being on the base and everything. And um, you know, probably my favorite part was the little uh, security shack in the front, which really added to it. Yeah. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, you know, thanks to uh, CJ's contracting skills and. Uh, <laughs> They couldn't have done it without Sean either. Of oh, course. Absolutely. Yeah, Sean, um, dude, Sean's a good worker, man. He, I, I hope he uh, comes back. Yeah, be yeah. Uh. yeah, he was he was a great, uh, great part, you know, the squad member. And, uh, you know, obviously, I mean, we could, you know, start talking about the whole riverbed thing again. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which was awesome. So. All right. So, yeah, moving on. Um. Did you enjoy any time at the Bamboo Viper, the or the NCOs Club? Fifty percent said yes. About thirty, thirty-six percent said no, and then another thirteen percent said I didn't realize there that was the NCOs Club. So I, I don't know if it's like people who just don't pay attention, or or all oh, going back to the Ragnarokker discussion is like I don't think they just give a shit. Is you know, yeah. show up in Vietnam gear. It's the same, you know. Um, I don't know. We we like promoted the crap out of the the Bamboo Viper being the NCOs club. So I mean, we funny. even had 1969 dated beers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to Ferrucci. Ferrucci got them. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, just doing my part, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah. So every now this has been a tradition for the last two years is the movie fucking shits the bed in the middle of it. So I asked, you know, would you like to actually watch a movie from the era for 2020? 77% did say yes. They they were actually watching it until it died. Um, and 22% said, no, I have other things to entertain me on base. So I guess we got to sort out our movie. We'll We'll do something. It's 68 now, so we'll, we have a new library of movies to choose from. We'll choose something from 1968. So here's a, here's a funny one. Um, how important are vehicles for next year at Operation Kochi's Green? About 47%, if you round it up, it's about 50% of the people who answered, um, rated that a 3. Um about another 28% rated that a four as in being important. Uh, which I, I, I find funny. I don't know if people like, or I, I wonder if like they put down three because they're indifferent. I personally think the vehicles as cool as they would be just to have on base. I don't know anywhere at Tolcom where we can really use them. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe, you know, if we got like a 151, we could patrol like the, the, the main road, but that's it. There's yeah. really no... So, you know, that main road does loop around the town and it kicks out to the main road. So there actually is like a little like U that you can do. But, I mean, that's yeah. it. That's all you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it can meander through the western side a little bit. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Like, you, okay. like the, you're the yeah. main road that you drive, you, we always walk on into. You can, yeah, yeah, right. it, that loops around and then maybe like north of the village, the road uh-huh. kicks out to the, the street, you know, the, the main road, like that trail kicks out, but it's not, right. it's not a very well traveled, uh, or frequently traveled, uh, right. trail. So, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe like a 151 would make it through. Yeah. Maybe like a mutt. Definitely not getting yeah. the goose up there though. No, it's too, <laughs> no, no. I know we had, uh, I took John's, uh, John and I at Junction City, and his truck got stuck. You know, you know the truck that he always um, beats up on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, him and I were tearing ass through those trails, uh, placing um, NVA tunnel, you know, Vietcong tunnels, and his truck got stuck and started bang, banging into trees and stuff, trying to get out. I don't know. So I don't know if people would want to do that with their, uh, you know, their vintage vehicles. Antique vehicles. Yeah. yeah, people get kind of weird with classic vehicles, even though they're military and they that's what they're used for. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. it'd be cool to have it on base. And, you know, we had that. We had, the, what did we have that? Um, what truck was that, yeah. CJ? M37. Yeah, we had the M37 at uh, Junction City. It was like a nice little touch. Yeah. Yes, it was. Got great, great photos of, uh, of Mr. Fred in it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. So, so here, uh, moving on. These the next section was really asking about um, Operation MacArthur. Um, did you feel the event was organized? Overwhelmingly, it was uh, fives and fours. Uh, about fifty percent said five. About forty percent said uh, four, and then it was like you know four five percent said a three. So. 
Um, was the training from your platoon sergeant helpful? See, this one to me, this one I paid attention to because I thought that, that was a great touch we had this year. Was, you know, we had um, Kyle and Mike as platoon sergeants, you know, training up their platoons, like, you know, crash courses and how to react, uh, react to contact and patrolling and that kind of stuff. Now, most people rated f four and fives, and then there was another about 35% said three which i guess like how would like cj or ferrucci or even steven what would you take a three based on that question was the training from your platoon sergeant helpful i guess mm -hmm. yeah i'll let you i'll let no, you, you first i take a three as somebody who you know kind of thinks they know everything and they feel like oh well you know it it, it was there it was good but it you know i know it all i don't need i don't need a i don't need a refresher kind of deal you know, that's the way I take it. Really? See, I would take that as a one. Like, if someone put one, I would say they didn't. They felt that they didn't need it. A three to me is like yeah. maybe. Hmm. I say a three to me would be someone who didn't really pay too much attention, or maybe should have taken, you know, taken a little more time to be more immersed. So that was that was you, Frucci. That's what you put down three. No, I didn't put down. Three. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you, dude. Yeah, I, I think a three is maybe someone who like had this kind of crash course before and went with the flow. I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of people who answered it, so they could, they could answer that for many reasons. Yeah. I think for me, the three was, yeah, I kind of did this, and it didn't feel like there was anything really new taught, but they actually taught it, type of thing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean... The thing is, you know, especially with training in the military, it's all, you know, it's all about being repetitive and repetition. So even if I felt like even if you know a lot of this stuff, appreciate it and, and just use it as practice. Like think about it. We're, think about it. We're, we're planning, I think, two or three FARB infantry training courses. I'm going to be at every single one and, and it's probably going to be repetitive stuff. You know, we're, we're planning like to, to have um, different courses but like it'll be like a basic section and then there'll be like another part like you know land navigation or um you know setting up your rock like that kind of stuff at different you know at different uh classes so i'm looking at it as hey i'd rather learn the same thing over and over again if it makes me a better you know better player better airsofter better reenactor whatever you want to call it i don't know i so like I would I would always appreciate even if it's like I've I've done this a million times. Agreed. So next question was, how was the check-in process? And I think we've addressed this for next year with what we're gonna do. But you know, a lot of people I think, CJ, I think this is onus to you, bro. Um, Sixty percent of the people rated it a five, and I think it's because we did. Part of the check-in at the gatehouse, which is very like immersive. Like you're like you're not even like in the event yet, and you're already like getting immersed at the at the gate. You know, um, I I think we're gonna do more at the gate for Coach's Green. Like you're gonna be like filling out uh, waivers and stuff. We decided. Um, so yeah, I mean, then it was like twenty percent and twenty percent voted three and four. So, I mean, nice. it was yeah. It's it's all it's all positive. It's, we've had all this positive stuff. Every you know every answer has been pretty positive. Um, 
How is your unit leadership from squad to platoon level? 35% was a 5, 50% was a 10, 15% was a 3. I'm sorry, um, I'm sorry, 50% was 4. You know, they rated the 4. So everyone thought their leadership was good. Um, I really thought it was great. I, um, I think it was definitely an improvement too. I think people who... Who the new guys we got to do it, and the guys who were there for Junction City, it was a it was an overall improvement everywhere around, you know. Um, so yeah, you know, and I'm hoping that everyone comes back who's a squad leader uh, this year comes back. So here's an interesting one because this is this is and Stephen, you can attest to this, you know, being part of Anchor and Star for all these years. Um, was there a good ratio of downtime? compared to activity. Now before I say these stats, think about it. We we the ones who do this, we we actually are fine with downtime, but you need to be like doing something with your downtime. Like if like you're sitting around, you know, uh, laying on your cot and doing nothing, then yeah, that's like oh, that's too much. But yeah. if you're at the base yeah. and you're doing something that's still immersive and you feel like you're in 1960s Vietnam. Downtime is a double-edged sword. Yes. You need it to recover because we're doing physical things in the heat. But if you cross that line at too much, people start becoming lethargic yep. and then the desire to play goes to where you now have to really push them to get them going. Again. Yes, yes. And that's yeah, it's, it's a hard balance. It is a hard mm -hmm. balance. And you got to realize too, like even when you're out on patrols and stuff, you're not necessarily going to be in action other than just walking, you know. So there is a lot of like little things that can build up to someone's threshold of being like, "Yo, this is like too fucking boring," you know. So yeah, that, there's that too of it's still an event where people want some trigger time too. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you really, you really shouldn't be going to Nomsoft. Especially the immersive stuff that we do for um, trigger time. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we've all gone to an event and it's like, wow, I loaded all my mags and I didn't go through one. Yeah. I need to load my mags. Luckily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know for the last one. The feedback was really three to five. It was about uh, thirty-five percent set of three. Uh, thirty percent said four, and then another thirty-five percent was a five. So I, I mean, that's pretty good. Um, I think the people who were at like a three, it might have been like their first event or something like that, where they were like, "Yeah, it's not what I expected, but it's kind of like how it is," you know. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean that's that's something that's tough. That's a that's I mean, that, that's a question I probably would ask and or just ask people personally. It's just. It's a tough, it's a tough balance. Like uh, Stephen said, it's like a double-edged sword. So here's, this is a really interesting um, part of the survey. Is I had, do you have any comments to add? And a lot of people, you know, they all said like one of the best times I've had at an event in a long time. You know, keep up the good work. Great event. This is the best event I've ever had, uh, gone to. Um, one guy said that the terrain was miserable, but incredibly immersive and part of you know it made him really appreciate you know appreciate the event more uh he felt the amount of action was perfect 
but he was he said he's the type of guy that if he just walked around for hours not making contact he'd be fine with it um a couple of guys from you know the minnesota guys they're really uh working on coming which is gonna be awesome one of the guys said he's from he's like he's been building up you know his groups and building up their kits and they're looking to come out and drive you know make the drive out here or fly out here and attend operation coaches green which would be fucking awesome yeah that that, that, is, that is huge yeah now one of the one of the uh the feedback i got well two of the two two comments i got was the commies need a base camp that they can drive to like uh he said like none of this pack all your gear on your back and hike for two three miles Meanwhile, the GIs just have their base right on site. Now, just to make it clear, the that's how it's always been for every event. Like part of the NVA Viacong Pavin experience was that you're supposed to be packing light and um, living out of your ruck for a weekend. That's really what the experience is all about. And that's really why. Well, that's why I never play NBA. <laughs> <laughs> but see, but I love it. I I I love it. I just think a lot of a lot of guys were green on the NBA side, so I don't think they knew what to expect. Maybe it'll be different this year. But either way, we are addressing that. We're gonna um, we we're we're gonna address that. I I don't want to give away too much, but we've we've already were talking about that just because I know Chris Chris was mentioning to us that. It was tough. It was tough this year, uh, going up and down and moving around. So um, we're gonna have a little, a more of a stationary base for the NVA, and then they'll operate out of that, and they'll be moving around uh, throughout the weekend, but mostly staying at that base. Uh, I mean, I agree with them, but you have also have to look at it. The NVA pay less because they don't have that camp. You know, it's whatever it is, the $15 less or $10 less. Um, granted, you're, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to add value to things. I'm just saying, like, that's why they've always paid less because they're not really using the tents that we've, we're trying to pay off or whatever. You know, you know what I mean? If you're looking at it from a financial standpoint. Um, but no, I mean, we, we understand and we're, we're going to uh, um, address that. We've already talked about it. Um, and then we talked when we saw this comment. We talked about it even more. So we we do have a plan. The NVA will have an easier time with their camp. Plus, we will be operating on the western side, which is a lot. It's a lot much friendlier for the for the out of shape. Even the in shape. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And then one guy um, mentioned that the Ron seems to be a lot of people's wall. Would it be a possibility to do the run Friday night, you know, getting out of the way early? And I think that's something that I thought of for this year um, already. So, yeah, we're, we're going to address that, too. We're going to play around with ideas like that. Um, I know we actually kind of like we kind of like sabotage ourselves with the run because we make the GI base so comfortable. So it's like you have that escape to like go back to base to go to sleep you know what i mean like like think about this we didn't if we didn't have a if we didn't have that gi base saturday uh for saturday night at operation macarthur when it started raining i think a lot more 
people would have stuck it out because they didn't have this nice, comfortable base to go to. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I didn't have a comfortable base. You may not have had people stay over in the first place. I know, I know. It, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> exactly. it's it all. It, it's it's something we. I'm telling you, like people like think like like planning all this is just like all right, yeah, get some green tent set up and all this. Like, no, you have to think of like everything it's so hard it's hard it, i mean i enjoy it i know cj loves talking about it frucci gives his input when he uh thinks of something smart but um which is rare <laughs> let's just, let's just put that out there yeah oh, shut up, CJ. <laughs> so i mean yeah i i thought the feedback was great it, it was good feedback i really appreciate everyone answering um you know we take all the feedback to heart and try to improve you know we like I said, we're always we're we always try to accommodate people. So, so let's move yeah, on. Yeah, I think it's tough to get people to stay out overnight. Yeah, it is. I it personally is. will say I was completely unprepared for what a rock overnight was because I've never done one. Right. So when the rain hit, I'm like, oh, I am so screwed. Yeah, I think people learn that they need two ponchos. <laughs> I think most people learned. Yeah. Yes, you need two ponchos. You need a lot more than two ponchos. Yeah. I think uh, Trapani, uh, he had himself set up very nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was set up better in uh, his ruck spot than his actual tent. Yeah, that's kind of like Trapani's thing. He does that. Every, he he did that in uh, at uh, Jimson City too. I don't care what he does as long as he keeps his sleeves on. Yep. <laughs> he did a good job this year. He so was. We'll he, he. You know what's funny? I I love him, man. He. He was messaging me the other day, and he's like, "Yo, Liam, you think you'll ever do like, like a seventy-two event? So like, the uniform? I'm like, no, no, Trapani, probably not, man. It's funny. He's like, yeah, yeah, like seventy-two, where like the 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 uniform standards are a little loose and stuff. I was like, I don't know, dude. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not designing an event so you can wear no sleeves. Yeah, no sleeves and a bandolier bra. Yeah, yeah. All right, so now that we just finished talking about the survey, um, we got Mike O'Donnell back on. So, Mike, say what's up, buddy. How's it going? And then uh, Stephen Cardellos uh, left. He had to go take care of some business. So let's talk about Steel Cog 3, Daughters of Oppression, November 30th at Zulu 24 in New York. Tickets are $35. Pre-reg, walk-on is uh, $45. That pre-reg ends november 27th that's the that's uh thanksgiving eve so please sign up on you know please sign up online save yourself some money helps us plan um let's talk about let's talk about uh one change that we well it's one change that we made for the uniforms wolfhound is now tan and pmc colors no black or green and the sons of the silent age is green or black uniforms. I know a lot of people complain that black should be like snake's side or whatever, so we, you know, we just change that up. Um, I guess uh, PMC makes more sense for like the agents and the operators than mercenary, you know, than, you know, the black and the green for mercenaries, so we changed that a little bit. Um, the two factions are Wolfhound, which is an international unit comprising of, comprising of special operators from all over tasked with hunting down terrorist organizations like Black Cerberus 
or Sons of the Silent Age. The Sons of the Silent Age, also referred to as Sosa, are a large mercenary outfit led by Flass's Snake, and they've been trying to build the nation of their own by using any means necessary, and they're willing to um, set off nuclear weapons to further their cause. So, Mike, this is really your bay B. I guess no pun intended, your bay B, but um, you're flat, you play the role as Flats of Snake. Um, how pumped are you for this event? Sorry, what was that? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> No, I'm just, you cut out on the last part. Oh, I said, how pumped are you for this event? Oh, my God. I could not be more excited. Um, I mean, you know, since our since our hilarious conversation on the way back from uh, Red 5-3 earlier this year, uh, it seems that this is really, I don't know. So we have a weird amount invested in the storyline, at least for ourselves and the marketing for for this game, even though it's like ridiculous, and just for us at least, the the more ridiculous that we make it, and the and the more fun that we have putting in the marketing, it, um, the more the more excited I get, and it seems like the more excited other people are getting. I mean, we've been getting messages about this game, and um, other people seem to be getting pumped. So it's kind of interesting to watch something that originally was like a stupid pickup game just to fill our war chest for, for you know Vietnam stuff yeah. is now kind of like gaining some traction and popularity and, and notoriety so I, th- I think it's funny that uh, how far this has gone and how far it, I think it's going to go like think about this this is currently our biggest series yeah like in terms of people <laughs> in terms of people it's wild yeah I know it's so funny man um, yeah I mean we I'll say this I was after Wrath of Skull, I think the most burnt out I've ever been of Airsoft was after that event. And then when we started planning planning um, Steelcog 3 this week, I kind of like got back into it. I'm like, all right, this is, this is still fun. This is still fun, like producing and writing the stupid story. And, you know, we, we've been uh, releasing character bios for last uh, week, and we probably will do that leading up to the event. Oh, and they're, and they're going to keep going, and they're going to keep getting more ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, we can't stop the ridiculous train right now. No, but people, okay. So anybody who listens to this podcast, little tidbit and a little um, insight is all these character bios that we are posting. They'll they're part of the event, and we'll have like um, laminated cards on them. Now. The, you get rewarded these laminated cards depending on what you do for them. I mean, it could be simply as you you um, eliminate them and you can loot their bodies or you complete missions for them and that kind of thing. And those cards will be added up at the end of the event towards your score based on, like, what missions you complete. So, like, just, like, killing the bad guy isn't going to be enough. Like, you, wanna, you need to do a lot of these special missions to um, build up your score. So just, you know, keep... Stay vigilant on uh, all these character bios we're posting. I think, you know, we posted one for CJ, who's Pistol Panther. We we've posted one for Flats of Snake, and a few other guys. Uh, Limpworm got one at this point, but um, yeah, we're, we're gonna be cranking them out until the event. So uh, stay vigilant on all those character bios. Yeah, and we have uh, we have quite a few more coming this this week. Um, 
including characters that will or will not be at the event from the expanded uh, Steel Cog universe. Right. Yeah, I mean, we're introducing a few new ones, um, a few guys who have done other events, at, well, done done the full and pedal events as another character, and now like a new character for um, for this. So uh, I don't know. It, it's going to be fun. It's so it's this event like always like we we had such low hopes for the, the original full and pedal, and it actually was a really great event. Yeah, it was, even though, I mean, so that originally, uh, if anybody wants to have a little bit of fallen pedal history, uh, was originally sort of a um, knockoff. I, I mean, I had suggested the idea right after I saw uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, because um, I thought the ending battle sequence was awesome, so that's where I kind of had my original idea for the the whole thing which i pitched to liam and then uh we evolved it into something different and then eventually it just became a metal gear knockoff <laughs> which yeah. is weird we're yeah. still waiting for a cyst and a cease letter by uh kojima but i don't want kojima to show up <laughs> i think he'd have fun yeah it'd be badass And the Japanese seem to love airsoft, so. Yeah, that they do. But I mean, yeah, the story's picking up right after uh, Black Cerberus getting destroyed in Turdmekistan, and they, the remnants of Flash's Snake's private army, ended up in Chingolia, which is um, a small country you know, nested between Mongolia and China. Um, they still, so the, the event ended with um, the Dr. McGonagall, or he, he has like a long ass name. He was retained by Black Cerberus and they were able to extract him out with their, you know, they have like their cloning experiments and that kind of thing. So expect some kind of surprises from that, uh, that little storyline going on on the side here um wolfhound's gonna gonna need to rescue him as well as eliminate any of the uh, sons of si- the silent age uh defenses so um there's gonna be a lot going on we know that it's like a big event where it's really just green versus tan so a lot of people don't give a shit and they just want to go fight so if you want to go do that you can if you, if you care about missions you can do that um either way it's going to be a good time hopefully the weather doesn't get too cold just yet, but it'll work for the uh, Chingolian uh, weather, you know, the environment of Chingolia. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, Mike, you plan on bringing Grania for this one, right? Yes, indeed. She will be a new character who will be introduced this week. Yep, yep. So She's, uh, she's, she's going to be one of the best sons of the Silent Age warriors. Uh, and she'll be on my six. Name pending, right? We still we're still working out her name. I believe I. Yeah, we're almost there. We're almost yeah. there. So I think I think uh, you know I think Shotgun Kitten has been settled on. I like it. I like that one too. Yeah. Yeah. We also threw around Combat Kitten, but. Uh, 
It's not bad, but, I, but okay. like it's, it kind of fits like Sniper Wolf more. What? I think Shotgun Kitten fits like the Sniper Wolf uh, persona more. Yeah, that's that's my reasoning for keeping Shotgun Kitten. Also, yeah. we did photos with the shotgun, so. Yes, yes. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think when Mike and I are, like, bored at work, and we start talking, then CJ's like, I don't know, man, you guys are idiots, but I still like to just play, so I'll be Pistol Panther and lead the tan guys. <laughs> True that. I'm still trying to find a trench coat for you guys. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> the Columbine days are over, man. It's hard <laughs> finding a trench coat. Thrift shops, bro. <laughs> I mean, you got, go to a thrift shop. I'm going. I got like four of them. I'm, I'm going to go. probably go later, actually. All right, good. Jesus. And Ferrucci, you uh, are going green, right? Of course, yep. I'm going to be Sosa this time around. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Oh, um, excuse me. I mean, I, look, I'm still going to rock the urban camo, okay? That's not green. It's, oh, black. Well, it's black. It's black. It counts as black. Yeah. Just wear green, you moot. Oh, right. I'll wear green. Whatever. I'll still, I'll still put the patches on. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, currently right now, there's a lot more sign-ups for uh, Sosa. I guess everyone thinks it's cool to be a mercenary. Um, we need to get those wolfhound uh, sign-ups in Uh I don't know why. Also, I don't know. How do we make? How I do we? I think you're. I think you're discrediting the fact that people just want to be around my my energy. <laughs> so you're saying it's CJ is the problem. Uh, CJ is not a problem. It's just nothing compares to you know being with boss. So uh, yeah, uh, how do? But that's the thing. How do we? No, all I'm seriousness. All seriousness, though. How do we make Wolfhound cooler? We, we need you to, to have some more charisma there, CJ. You need that trench coat. Trench coat and scantily clad women? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You, you guys do need more scantily clad women. I'll chalk, uh, I'll chalk, I'll chalk a photo of Sydney to you. Back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, <laughs> That'll work. I don't know. I'm trying to... Like, like I'm serious. Like, we got to, like, make tan cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Wolfhound, uh-huh. I don't know. We need... We need like uh, we need you in a trench coat and fingerless gloves. We need you doing like a your pretty good photo with the with dual finger guns. CJ, do you have a black beret? I do have a black beret. Wear your black Ooh. beret too. Alright. I gotta find it, but I will I will try to dig it out. And you basically are gonna wear your what do you um what what uh like a load bearing equipment are you wearing? I was gonna go with like desert tiger stripe pants and like a brown shirt. Like a brown, yeah, kind of, kind of shirt. I figured that's good. And uh, black paratrooper boots. And what, what are you gonna wear to hold your gear, like your uh, ammo? I have no idea yet. I was either gonna go Alice or go with my chest rig from the last game. I would go Alice and then wear the trench coat over that. Yeah. All right. And you should, uh, you should do like a little like ascot or something, CJ. Yeah. Like with the parachute camo. I do have a parachute camo ascot. Yeah, yeah no, like I don't. Have, sorry, I have a duck hunter. That's, oh, that's even better. Yeah, that's like yeah. ten, dude. Yeah, I'll dig, I'll dig that out this week. Like your black beret is fine because I mean you're the you're the fucking leader of the faction. Everyone's gonna know that you're obviously on ten if you're wearing a black yeah. beret. <laughs> I, I bet y'all still get shot. What is wearing black? I know. I, it'll happen. I know. It's okay. Can we can we please talk about how ridiculous last time was with people not even being able to figure out wearing the right colors. 
I, dude, I think, you know, we all know deep down we're probably going to be wearing armbands because it's, I mean, we had, we had guys who showed up to be on the same team and one guy just had a full set of woodland and one guy had a full set of multicam and they're like, no, we need to be on the same team. It's like, why wouldn't you show up with the same camo then? Yeah. Also, like people who wear like a green shirt with tan gear, it's like, what are your... I know. Hey, stop. Uh, what are you doing? And is, then they're, they'll, or they're like, it's a green shirt with tan pants, or the guys who wore tan with green gear and flannels. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, can you fucking figure this out? Like, I don't know. And we, we can't make it any more simpler. I, I really don't know how we can, other than. It's really. Just, one team is tan and the other is green. Don't wear the color of the other one. I know. It's not hard. I know. I know. I think we're going to end up going to uh, armbands. And, you know, it sucks. People just, and I learned this at Ragnarok, people just assume that it's the field rules, no matter who's producing it or not. So I think they're going to go expecting to wear armbands, a lot of the walk-ons. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll, probably, we'll probably end up doing uh, armbands. I miss, I miss the days, like, like, back, like, eight years ago when you could say green versus tan and people would do it. I know, but you know, after um, after uh, Lone Survivor, where they were wearing like tricolor and then woodland, you know, they were wearing like tricolor pants and like woodland tops. I see a lot of guys dressed like that. Yeah. Or, oh yeah. Or you got the idiots that you know try to be GMR with their boss cam tops and their ridiculous color bottoms and their toe shoes. You know, you got them guys too. Which, I know, which, which to me is fine, but like, like you have to. They have to realize, like, yo, it's green versus tan for this. It's green versus tan. There's no way around it. Just wear, wear, uh, wear one color. Yeah, solid colors, guys. Solid colors. Well, that's solid colors. So, solid uniforms. Don't be idiots. So, yeah. <laughs> Ever see? It? Now we just bummed ourselves out. Yeah. But, um, okay, so, yeah, uh, November 30th, that's the, that's two days, that's basically the day after Black Friday, Azulu 24, um, tickets is currently $35, $45 for walk-ons, so just, just sign up online, um, they're actually pretty, they're, they're coming in pretty steady too, um, we're working on a vehicle, uh, Matt mentioned to me that he's willing to bring the Jeep, so I got to talk to Zulu and see if it's okay, which would be pretty fucking cool to have that Jeep. Yeah. All right, so moving on, the next event we have um, to close out the year is Operation Watch on the Rhine. That is December 14th at GZA in Connecticut. It's a World War II event. Um, To boost our numbers, we are allowing all World War II impressions. Just come, we don't care about the 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 history you know if you have an Italian uniform you got a Japanese uniform you got a Russian uniform just come uh, you know we're we're just gonna do Axis versus Allies kind of thing surprisingly we've got a lot of Germans signed up already need more allies so many, so many Germans out there yep all right yeah so um, yeah it's just gonna be a straight uh, 
Axis vs. Allies event. I'll, I'm going to keep it pretty simple. Um, just, you know, taking ground, holding ground kind of thing. Um, it'll be nice to wear my Fallschirmjäger kit. Plus my fucking, dude, my Grand. Something must have fallen on it in my closet. Like, I had it ready for the World War II event a couple weeks ago. And I had, like, I, I kind of had it out, not protected. Because I was, like, you know, planned on grabbing it, like, within the next few hours. And something must have fallen on it and the Grand is cracked in half. Jeez, that's awful, man. I know, I know. The whole stock cracked in half. Yeah. Not happy about that. Hey, speaking of gear, CJ, you're going to let me borrow your uh, infantry outfit, right? If you want it, yes. All right, fantastic, yeah. I, always, uh, I, know, I, I know I've talked about it before, but, you know, I know I need to start saving up a little bit more. I mean, I already got the wet belt and everything. I just need to get myself a nice uniform. Yeah, Frucci, uh, I, have, I actually have an extra German outfit if you want that, too. Hey, I don't mind being a Nazi, you know? Yeah, you know that's the way Ferrucci's going. He's like, being racist? Sure! Yeah. <laughs> it is It is actually, oh, it's, it's an I'm SS uniform, too. Correct. I don't, I don't want to hear it from nobody, okay? Oh, yeah, you're about as politically correct as something that's not politically correct. Yeah, actually, no, Ferrucci, I have an SS uniform that you, could, that you could borrow, too, if you want. <laughs> All right. Please tell me to get an MG42 as well. I want to. I want to chop some people in half with that sucker. Nah, you wish, bro. I don't have that. I don't have the room. Uh, I have the room. I want one, but I have no room for it, bro. I know. Well, I know. I can't wait for the uh, SMT to come out with the MG42. That's what I'm waiting for, no. man. I've been. Yeah, I know. I know. Man, that's gonna be exciting as hell. And then I'll definitely, like I said, make a you know full-on Waffen SS loadout. Now that would be awesome. Of course. you of course. And then Liam and I could, you know, spread the good word of fascism across, you know, the United States. You'll be all alone on that one, Ferrucci. But, um, you know, but I definitely like to have a USGI loadout. But the thing is, I want to find a VFC VAR so bad. They don't make them anymore? No. No, they don't. I mean, I've tried to hop up other forums. I mean, they're, it's almost like a unicorn at this point. And, uh, wow. you know, if anybody listening, if you got a connection, you know, contact me. I know it's shameless self-promotion, basically. But, um, you know, like contact to find me one. at Ferruchthemooch.com. Yeah, contact me at pizza at gmail.com. Ferruchthoughts.com. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, you know. Help a guy out, give me a very rare VAR, and you won't regret it. All right, so Ferrucci, right... All this nonsense. Forget what you just said. I don't even care. Um, you're a, you're gonna be a wild card. So whatever number we need, you'll go to that side. All right. All right. So you either go, you'll either go German or uh, USGI. Okay. But um, you know, I really hope that the this World War Two event uh, takes off uh, more than what CJ. What last year we only had like we had less than ten people. Man, it sucked. This yeah. year, this year we're already gonna have. We already have more going signed up than we did to the, the last one. So I think it'll be bigger. You know, I'll be happy with like 20 people. Yeah, that, that would, that'd be good. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah, there's a lot of GIs that... Go ahead, CJ. I'm sorry. No, uh, I was just, just saying, everybody loves World War Two until it's time to do World War Two things, you know? I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's our last. it's our last event of the year, and... I think we're going to take a break and re- collect our thoughts here and improve on things anyways. Like, well, I don't even, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't even think I'm going to do anything in, until 
late March for Bay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I um. I got a you know a few other projects to work on and stuff like that, so I'll uh, I'll do those and then we're always working on Operation Cochise Green, so that'll get some work done. Um, and yeah, we're gonna. I mean, yeah, we'll we got we got a lot of stuff to work on and improve on. So and, you know, good thing about it, we'll be we'll take a break for two months. I think we ran an event every month this year except for July and January. For 2020, we did yeah, some we, kind of event. Yeah, holy crap! Yeah, some sometimes busy. too. Think about it's it. Been busy year. Yeah, in November That's we sure. did, November we did two events. Yeah, but you know, like I said, I mean, this is going to be a good way to end November and you know get into the holiday season. So I yep. mean, I'm super stoked. So yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So. Just can't wait for all the little uh, little walk-ons to go on and you know create some more interesting stories like like last time so but you know, yeah. we already covered that yeah we're looking i'm really looking forward to uh steel cog 3 but um oh, yeah. i'm just looking more towards uh, those other characters you're gonna create though I yeah mean, fruchi you're gonna have a character too you know that right oh jeez. <laughs> yeah so stand by for that man oh boy but, i can't wait for this yeah so wait let's move on um by the time this podcast comes out this is very important uh, announcement right here. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, it's gonna we're gonna have um, it's gonna be the week of Thanksgiving, Black Friday, or at least the week before. Operation Cochise Green tickets are going live Black Friday, so that's eleven twenty nine. Um, they'll be live, you know, midnight. I mean, I don't, don't, I'm making it sound like there's going to be like a, a mad rush to get these tickets. There isn't, but, uh, it's going to be save $30 on the ticket price. So you're, you know, you're getting a base ticket for 50 bucks for GIs, 40 bucks for the PAV and forces, and then uh, plus $10 for any of the t-shirt options. What I'm what I'm saying is it, it's an early bird special. Uh, you know, if you know you're going 100%, just get the ticket now. Uh, save yourself $30. Think about it, you're paying $50 for like a four day event. Comparable events are three to four times this amount of money. So we're you know we we really appreciate we're like we we're willing to sell these at such a low cost to get a number of who's going. That's how much we want people to sign up early. Um, so don't pass up on this, folks. Don't pass up. Ferrucci signed up early last year. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and it's going to be, a, you know, um, there'll be like limited amounts. I, I don't know what the number will do, but it'll be limited amount, a limited amount of uh, tickets for that price. So sign up as early as possible. Prices will increase every couple months until there until August, where there'll be more money, and you know. So just save yourself thirty bucks off the get go if you know you're going. Um, a lot of people I already talked to have got the, the weekend off, so I don't know why you wouldn't just sign up if you're one of those people. And then we'll also have all of our T-shirts and other items on sale, twenty percent off if you use the code. Come correct. So you type in come correct, you'll get 20% off um, t shirts. 
So, Ferrucci, how excited are you about Operation Kochi's Dream? Now that we're, it's it's about nine months away, but yeah, but you know that nine months is gonna go by in a snap, and you know, next thing you know, we're gonna have that uh, hype up show. I mean, I'm 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 gonna be very excited, um, especially with the new equipment that I acquired. You know, uh, like I said, it's it's gonna be another awesome event. Um, so I'm just gonna look and you know be looking forward towards uh, you know. Walking through the jungles of Tolcom and, uh, you know, finding Charlie and killing him. So, uh, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a great event. Uh, I know it's, you know, we've learned from, you know, this year's, uh, you know, the pros and cons and, uh, we're going to make it better than, than ever. Yeah. And CJ, what about you, man? I mean, you've got a lot, you've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man, I'm I'm hyped, you know, and uh, I can't wait. I, I kind of wish it was here already, but I kind of don't because, like you said, I got I got a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of uh, planning and plotting and building and planning and plotting and building, you know. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm stoked. I can't wait. All right, so Mike, Mike had to jump off, and I want to f- close up this episode with. A little Thanksgiving flavor. And I want to ask what you guys are thankful for in terms of doing all this airsoft shit. So I'm going to start with CJ. CJ, what are you thankful for? You know. Um, honestly, I'm thankful for meeting you guys and, uh, you know, really, you know, getting out of the funk of playing normal airsoft and, uh, and uh, becoming a part of Bay and having, having that the community that we have, that we have built up, you know, that's, I'm, I'm really thankful for that. Nice. That's you know, really come a long way. All right, Mooch, Fruch the Mooch, what about you, brother? What are you thankful for? Well, I mean, I'm very thankful, I mean, in the same vein as CJ, um, for, you know, getting to know you guys and, you know, obviously accepting me in and everything. Um, I, you know, like I said, I mean, it was one thing to, put, you know, go to, said field by myself or whatever and you know getting a chat with a few people that's another thing to be hey you know we're hosting this event we want you to come you know and uh like i said last what is it over a year and a half that you know since i've gotten to know you guys um my airsoft experience personally has never been more exciting um you know just something to look forward to whatever time of the month or just something to get away from work or something it's uh it's a great escape and uh, it's always a it's always a good time hanging out with you guys. So, um, very thankful for that. So, that's nice to hear, Ferrucci. Thank you. So, what what I'm thankful for is a little bit of everything that CJ and Ferrucci just said. But I'm really thankful for all the support behind the Broken Arrows. It isn't just me. It isn't just me and Mike. It just isn't just me, Mike, and CJ or Darius. It's there's probably 20 to 30 people behind especially the vietnam stuff like all come out of the woodwork even guys who even guys who just think they're showing up and and playing but then like hey you know hey liam do you need help doing this and they they come no no questions asked willing to help the cause i I just love the all like all hands on deck feeling i get out of like running a lot of the events and i think people really step up and they know that like what we do is different and somewhat special compared to like the normal airsoft stuff that everyone does. And I really appreciate all the support we get from the staff 
you know, from from our our I want to I don't want to say fans, but that you know, from the people who who enjoy our events and they're always willing to help out and take the extra step to uh, make our events as special as I think they are. Oh yeah, it's going to be that collective effort that that'll make. Uh, I, I guess you know to be confidently saying, look, I think coaching is going to be. I think it's going to be great, uh, especially with the like I said, the collective effort that everybody will is willing to put behind it. Um, you know, we're going to build that base up much better. You know, maybe we can get a vehicle or two just for aesthetics at least, and uh, just people who are going to just you know come you know as you guys say come correct. You know, and nobody has to worry about any any incorrect equipment or anything, and just follow the rules. And uh, I think, like I said, I think it, I think 2020 is going to be a uh, very exciting year in general. So I agree. 2020 will be the year of Bay. You're damn right. <laughs> so, all right, boys, that's a that's a wrap. It's a pretty good uh, episode. We talked about a lot of things, and next episode we'll. Have a little bit of a Christmas theme going, and uh, we'll talk about what jingle, we want jingle, for Christmas. Jingle, jingle. So, yeah, Ferrucci, you want to close us out with Herbert the Pervert? Well, that's the end of the episode, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you all had a great time. I know I did. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a happy Thanksgiving. Don't forget to eat your popsicles. I know I certainly will. <laughs> all right, guys, take care. Thanks for listening. Bye, Felicia. Papa Americano